Welcome everyone to another exciting episode of the Coruscant Pulse. Today is April 19th, 2016. We are exactly 239 days away until uh, Rogue One opens in theaters. And with me, as always, is James and David. How's everyone doing today? Hello, podcast world. Well, we had promised you that we were going to bring you uh, episode two in our actual play this week, but due to some scheduling conflicts and uh, basically we just kind of ran out of time, we're just going to give you a little short episode. David didn't have enough time to prepare uh, for this week uh, due to work schedules and stuff, and uh, we were also quite busy, so we didn't have a time to get together and really hammer out what it was going to be about. So instead of bringing you a shitty episode of the uh, actual play, we're going to bring you a really shitty episode of the normal podcast. Uh, today we're going to go over some uh, Star Wars news, and more importantly we're going to kick it off here with some of uh, the latest and greatest uh, Star Wars comics that have come out. Uh, let's see, we got here, we want to go over the uh, latest from the Vader series, which is the uh, Show to Run War. I think that's how you say it. What show a... to Run. To Run. To Run. Yeah, but why not, you know, let's do a little bit of a change of pace. We'll start off talking about, you know kind of the comics and what we thought about some of the latest ones that have come out, and then we'll uh, switch on over after that to the news. As Sweet. my dog attacks me as I attempt to record. Bad. But yeah, so the Vader series of comics, um, almost all of the major characters from the original trilogy have received their own comics at this point strangely enough the the one that hasn't really received their own comic is han solo at the moment or luke i don't know i i consider like some of the skywalker down stuff luke's comic or just like general star wars it tends to follow him even though i know that there were a lot of storylines involving leia han and chewie and the like I still kind of feel like Star Wars, anything set in the Star Wars that's just regular Star Wars, that's not another, uh, not another um, character, is typically a Luke Skywalker centric thing. So we've got Star Wars Lando, Star Wars Leia, Star Wars Chewbacca, Star Wars Vader, Star Wars Poe, Star Wars C three PO, um, and Star Wars Kanan. I admit I went on a bit of a binge buying and reading episode last week and picked up almost every single Star Wars comic and uh, read them all except for Kanan and the Obi-Wan and Anakin series. Yeah, I will admit I have – I actually, you know, again, because I enjoyed the Star Wars Rebel show, I really did enjoy the Kanan series, but – at the same time, I think I enjoyed the Kanan series, at least in small part, because I really liked uh, Kanan's character in A New Dawn. And since I liked A New Dawn, I really liked seeing the rest of his backstory. But yeah, um, so James, I guess a quick question for you since you're, you went on a binge. Do you have a favorite line of comics that you've read so far? Well, uh... Let me start with the one I really dislike, because that's more obvious to me. Okay. I really dislike the one-off C-3PO. And I think the reason for it was... Uh, how do I describe it? I ain't, the, the artwork was different than what I was used to in the comics. It was more cartoony, almost. And that took me out of the story. 
um, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time processing that. So you didn't like a comic book <laughs> because it looked too cartoony. Yes. I, I, I will say one thing. The the visual style that they decide to go for in in C-3PO is very different. Um, James, actually, tell me. To me, it actually looked like they were trying to go for something of a retro pseudo art deco style look. I can see that. Yeah, and it didn't come across that way though. Well, well, no, that's the thing. I think it. I think it did. It just. I don't know that it worked over well as as kind of like an art direction for things like this because you know I'm looking at this and. For me, the thing is, is I know I've seen other Star Wars comics in this style because, you know, uh, I think we mentioned this before. James, both you and me, when Dark Horse lost the Star Wars license and they had that massive sale, both of us picked up a ton of comics. I think you picked up their entire library and yeah. I picked up something like three quarters of it. Yeah, I picked up the entire library. Yeah, and, you know, I recognize this style of art and this art direction and, you know, there are definite really interesting pieces here. For me, like, I actually think I probably agree with you. I wasn't a super huge fan of of this comic either. But for me, it was because, you know, I am glad that this was a one-off because I had a hard time viewing C-3PO as the primary character <laughs> and, and just dealing with that fact that he was the primary character. And... I, I just don't think he was really a strong enough character to, to do so. And, I mean, on the one hand, it's sort of interesting from a super Star Wars nerd point of view because you get to see, like, okay, what do droids remember after a memory wipe? And, you know, C-3PO kind of gets into it where, you know, he still occasionally will see things from his past, like when he's in recycle modes, like occasionally, you know, for a moment he'll he'll see himself in an arena or he'll see a green world with hills when those things are supposed to be wiped from his memory. But at the same time, you know, he he sort of accepts that, which gives a little bit of a different flavor to him. But at the same time, he I just because of who he is in, in the movies and in the comics, I just don't think he's a sympathetic enough character to really, like, stick by. It wasn't a sympathetic enough character. The art was different. And like you said, it wasn't some of the other Star Wars comic books we had seen from Dark Horse, but it was not... It was not in the same vein that the rest of the Marvel Star Wars comic books they put out was. And so that was jarring in and of itself. And, like... I guess I just do not relate to the idea of droids sacrificing themselves for other droids. It just, it, 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 it the story just did nothing for me. Yeah, that C-3PO artwork's pretty terrible. Yeah, I, I think, you know, they, they did it to, to give the backstory behind the right arm, but it seemed like, I don't know, it e even with everything that happened there, it didn't seem important enough to actually warrant having that story told. I mean, like, I guess, I guess for me, the, my big question would be, why didn't he just have a gold arm? Like the, 
having a red arm wasn't that important because it you see C-3PO like three times in the film and he's got the red arm for two thirds of it. Yeah, they, it was like, why did they need to do this and then make a comic book out of it? it too gimmicky. I wasn't a fan. But like, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I just didn't think it was super strong or anything like that. It wasn't worth. I mean, I'll give them credit. Ooh, excuse me for explaining why he had a red arm after, for no apparent reason, giving him a red arm. That's true. Like they could have just given him the red arm and switched it and never explained it. At and least put it, they put it into the mystery box that Tom hates so much. Exactly, but at least they kind of tried to give it a backstory and a backstory that, even though the story fell flat for me, tried to have meaning. Yeah, and and I'll say this much: it at least attempted to give C three PO additional depth. Exactly, and since everyone knows Anthony Daniels is a mean, mean person, maybe C-3PO is best uh, thrown into the the comic book and book world. Perhaps, perhaps. So, now that you've talked about the one that you liked, did you you have a, a line that you're really enjoying more than the rest? I think for me, there's one I'm enjoying presently and still enjoying and one that i enjoyed because it was a quick series uh the one i enjoyed that was a six-part series was lando that was a great story uh i I actually haven't read lando oh you need to read lando i guess i have to so what's it about well lando is in debt to somebody go figure and thinks he's getting himself out of debt by stealing something and the guy's like, oh, this will get you, you know, 15% on debt. But if you steal this ship, I just want the ship. You can keep everything else inside the ship. Well, Lando and his good buddy Lobot um, pull it off, along with a cast of characters, not knowing that the ship they stole was Emperor Palpatine's personal yacht. Ho! <laughs> that's, that's a way to put a tilt in it into a story. Yeah, it, it was kind of like, I'm reading the pages, and it's like, the ship gets stolen, and then all of a sudden, Mass Amida's yelling at a, a captain, is like, you better get it back, otherwise you know what's going to happen, and then he's like, and two more panels later, it's like, Emperor, uh, we have some bad news. I was like, oh dear god. Tons of Sith artifacts, it had some interesting bits, also kind of explained Lobot's, um his little weird cyborg implants. So that was interesting in and of itself. Apparently he didn't want to fight. So he lobbied the empire when he got conscripted, I guess to implant neural nodes to help him plan battles better, except he constantly had to fight the neural nodes that wanted to take over his whole mind and wipe his memory. It was some, it was an interesting, weird situation, it went on as long as it should have. It was definitely not worthy of an ongoing series, but it was a nice, quick six-part vignette. Well, you know what? I, I kind of want to pause on that Lobot thing, um, because that sounds a little bit similar to Lobot's old legend story. Um, do, you, do you guys happen to remember that one? I don't. No. All right, so I could be wrong, so we'll fact check this later, and I'll you know I'll apologize if I am wrong. But if I recall, uh, pr- what it was previously was that he was a criminal, 
And as opposed to, you know, as opposed to, I think it was, uh, it was instead of a death sentence, who'd be turned into a cyborg, which, which is something else that that's really interesting in the new expanded universe. I don't know that cyborgs are looked down upon the way that they were in the legends, because uh, we'll we'll get into it in a little bit. But there seem to be a lot of cyborgs in the new uh, in the new expanded universe, um, much more so I feel like than than they were in Legends at least. I'm not. I I definitely saw Lobot as a cyborg, and there was a couple other little pieces, but I don't know what else you're talking about. Oh well, I'm actually primarily talking about uh, what we're going to talk about in a little bit, which is uh, the latest of the Vader series. <laughs> Almost all of those people that Silo was working on and and that kind of thing were uh, whatchamacallits? Were yeah, cyborgs. They were, they were cyborgs. You know, I wonder if it's not so i also read gi joe comics and they're also under marvel right and all of a sudden out of nowhere they they always had weird mysticism and things like that all of a sudden out of nowhere they became cyborg heavy too i'm wondering if there's just a cyborg theme running through marvel right now because i thought that was weird in the vader series too like it was interesting it really, now that I'm th- thinking it through, it really remind me, reminded me of the G.I. Joe story arc, which was basically like, cyborgs are better than regular ninjas because we're cyborgs. And this was like, you know, you're old and you use the force. That's not as good. We're cyborgs. We can live forever. It, you know what I mean? It just, it had the same motif. I don't know about that. But for me, I think, I think the big thing is, you know, at the same time, we haven't seen these cyborg characters interact with anyone, I feel like, aside from Lando and Vader, really. So I haven't really gotten a gauge for whether or not they are or are not second-class citizens anymore. I think that is, you know, more commonly done. I, th- I think we're going to see that going forward, whether or not it is. But, you know, I guess, I guess we'll see. Because, you know, there still definitely is a very large, like question regarding ai and droids and droids existing as second class citizens despite having like artificial intelligence so you know the obvious question from there is so a human that has you know a certain amount of droid parts you know are they are they still fully human or not it's a valid question and then uh well since you kind of brought it up the Star Wars series is really good, but I think the Vader series, hands down, takes the cake in um, just in every aspect. I, I'm a big fan of a lot of what they're doing in that series. Yeah, I've got to say, I think I think one of the things I personally have absolutely loved about the Vader series is just how bombastic and how large a character they made Vader. Because he should be. He, he is the big bad guy that walks around doing atrocious things to the entire universe. He should be a bad guy. Yep. And then they they just keep playing that up. Every time Vader's in the picture, he has he 
they also gave him such fantastic lines. Like the one where he sees, I see nothing around me but dead men. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep, As yep. he's surrounded and just wrecks people. And he wrecked what, a battalion of Republic soldiers. It was like, I see nothing but dead men. Yeah. Uh, I still think, though, one of the best lines that he delivers is the one to Luke Skywalker, who he, at this point doesn't know his name is Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Just thinks he's he's the random-ass rebel pilot that blew up the first Death Star. <laughs> so... So Skywalker confronts him at one point and just be like, You killed my father. Vader's retort to that is, I've killed a lot of fathers. You're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> it was just, I, I read that, my jaw dropped, and I was hooked. And that was like the first episode. That was, I think that was Vader 1. And that was, yeah, I that think that may me. have been Vader 1. <laughs> I, I was just like, wow. And, and they did a good job of humor. Too. like as he realizes luke's his son and as he you know he gets even more angry because he's like wait and, and it shows glimpses of him thinking he killed padme and obviously not uh, they gave him a great cast of characters that are his sidekicks essentially and i love that they made it so that general tag did not die on the death star I really did like that, too, where it's kind of like this one guy who was the sole person who was just like, I don't think this is such a good idea, everybody. And he got off, and he's like, see, told you. And then for him to then be input of the Empire, and and then, you know, to have that semi-explain the fact that, you know, wait, I thought the Rebels won at the end of Episode 4. What happened between Episode 4 and Episode 5 that makes this no longer the case? Why Why aren't the Rebels on top? And the answer yep. is because you've got a damn competent general at the top leading the fight against the Rebellion. Yep, and he... I think this is the first time... This definitely the first time in Legend and this you can in, but I think I don't remember them having grand generals in Legends, and now we have a grand general. Because I mean, the, he slay, claimed his title. I don't know if he claimed or Palpatine claimed it. Grand General Tag. Yeah, no, that's that. I'm pretty sure is a new one. But yeah, and you know, it's it's one of those things where again. You know, in Tag, you see some things that I think are very, uh, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Some things that are very reminiscent of why certain people really liked uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Which Absolutely. is that he's not mustache-twirlingly evil. He is a man that believes in order, and he believes in efficiency, and he believes in doing what he feels must be done in order to achieve said goals. Exactly. And then the cast of characters surrounding Vader, from his enemies to his allies, I mean, the inspector, the older inspector with the mustache and the glasses. The one that didn't just, immediately get murdered. Exactly. He was perfect for that. That that That's just a well-written character. That's where they left off the very last comic was him saying, I think we have something to talk about. And he was in, he was like investigating a theft that Vader orchestrated. 
Vader's not in the Emperor's favor, so Vader's got a little sidekick gang that includes a C-3PO R2-D2 remix that's evil, maniacal, wants to kill all them humans if possible. Yeah, and you know, on that note, I think that's one thing. If if there is an overplayed idea and trope for droids in the Star Wars universe right now, I feel like that's the one. You know, how many psychotic droids that want to kill all the organics are we going to run into? You know, we've got like, I think like, well... We've got one that just keeps reappearing, which is HK-47, back from Knights of the Old Republic. And he was just everywhere. And then I think that popped up also in one of the, uh, in, in the Star Wars MMO. It, it's been something that's popped up a number of times, which has always been kind of odd. It's been odd, but I feel like... I, I don't count the other ones as much anymore because they really aren't canon or they're pseudo-canon or whatever the case is. These two guys, these two are spot on. And I'm I'm just really digging the interplay of the two droids versus Vader and just all the combat scenes with the two droids. Like they, they ripped C-3PO's arms out of its sockets. Yeah, it's a complete a disguise. Yep. It, it was just intelligent droids that can't harm their masters, but want to kill everything, including installing blood-sucking nerve endings in their battle droids, and then be like, nope, nope, we wouldn't have done that, would we have? No, the master forbid it, we didn't do that. Yeah, that that was a really good one, where it was just like, you know, a droid being intelligent and cunning enough to decide, you know what? No, I'm not going to to just go quietly into this. I'm going to pretend that I've done exactly what they told me not to. And I'm going to pretend loudly so the enemy knows. The whole time I'm reading anything with him, I cannot help but think of our mutual friend Christian's RPG character from the one campaign I tried running. Because that's essentially him. Yeah. It, well, except except his character was built for war. I think one of the things about I, it, his name's Zero, right? I think it's Zero or Triple Zero. Yeah, but one of the big things about Zero is that he he is in a three PO unit chassis, <laughs> so it's it's unexpected sometimes because it looks like you're looking at C three PO, but you are looking at a murderous psychopath as opposed to an annoying psychopath. Oh God, I I just had a. A, a wicked thought. What if the droids that C-3PO hears in Empire Strikes Back turns out to be these two droids? Remember, he's like walking in Klet He's like, ooh, is that another R2 unit? Oh, that'd be kind of funny. And then the other droid comes out, Ichuta, how rude! That would be really... That would be great storytelling if they somehow write it that those two dro- that the two droids he heard and interacted with before getting blown to smithereens by stormtroopers were Vader's two assistant droids. That'd be something real interesting. Don't know if that'll be the case though. But yeah, um so I guess one of the other ones that we can talk about uh is Poe Dameron now has a comic. Uh and of which only the first episode has come out. But what did you think of that one? 
I liked it. I would have liked it more if it it wasn't. It's got to be a finite comic, right? Because you know, I have a feeling they're going to do the same thing with him that they did with Kanan. I have a feeling that's going to be a dozen. And that's about all they can get out of it, based on where they started the story. Yeah, that's true. Because he's not like he's searching for Luke Skywalker for two years. Or maybe he is. I don't know. Um, but I didn't get that impression. One thing that I was... I like the comic. I like the fact that it gives us a little bit more backstory slightly to the other characters that were flying with him when he attacked Starkiller Base. Just a little bit. Like some interplay between him and them. But... I just don't buy. I, I, not that I don't buy. I just don't like the premise of where where they start. I would have liked them to give him a different story, like the how he became a part of the resistance instead of helping to find Luke. Oh well, I, I don't know. Like we say that, but you know, we already know that story. That story was published. Yeah, but that was published for a child's book. Uh, it's actually more of a short story anthology. Because, hmm. yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's again, one of those books that is directed towards a younger audience, but it's certainly not a, ki- a child's book. Like, you're going to need at least a decent level of comprehension in order to, to get that book. One of the things uh, that I forget how it came to me. I did not realize that Snap Wexley, the character from Force Awakens and now Poe Dameron Comics, is the kid from Aftermath. I still really need to read Aftermath. It makes me look at Aftermath in a slightly different light because the kid was very headstrong and... and very anti-rebellion because his mother left to join the rebellion mm-hmm. and left the kid left the kid with his aunt so the kid was very resentful about the rebellion and his mother and then to see him as a resistance pilot it's like okay that's interesting gotcha yeah and you know i i think that that's something that that needs to be said for a lot of these it's kind of like you know, in, in the past, we we had these touchstones and these touch points that didn't that simply don't exist anymore. And so I think part of it is us starting to get used to these new characters, starting to understand who they are and what they're doing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the editing on Aftermath was not ideal, and I don't blame the author for that. I blame Lucas. Um, Delray books rather the piece that I found interesting is I'm wondering if I'm looked at in a poorer light because I wasn't emotionally invested in the characters but now that I'm starting to see touch points of those same characters elsewhere I'm starting to feel a little bit better about it you know what I mean well knowing you James that's exactly what will wind up happening yeah, because now that the, once you start feeling emotionally invested in the characters, then it makes sense. The thing, my biggest complaint outside of the horrible editing, God, I hope Delray fixes that, um, was it wasn't any of the old characters. There was a little bit of wedge, but it wasn't. It was it was all new characters, and I, I just it, it took me out of the story. Yeah, for me again, you know, 
I didn't have a problem with the editing. I had a problem with the with the style that was originally picked for Aftermath, which was that pseudo first person limited viewpoint. And like the way that the characters were written and the way that they interacted and spoke was just really jarring. Um, and so after reading a number of excerpts, I, I didn't get through it. But, you know, since I'm doing a Star Wars podcast now, I owe it to the listeners and to everyone else to, to make sure that I, I, I'm up on my Star Wars, you know, lore and knowledge and understand what's going to happen. Especially because uh, from the excerpt that I did read on Aftermath Life Debt, he went, uh, it looks like they went to a more traditional storytelling approach in the way that you, the characters are described, the way that they they speak, the way that, you know, the action and the scenes and the setting are all developed. Since it seems to be a lot more conventional, I'm definitely a lot more interested in this one. See, maybe I'm just immune to these types of things, but I didn't notice a different... How do I say? I didn't notice a different storytelling approach that you seem to have picked up on. Yeah, that that was honestly my problem. Uh, but James, you know, we we've also seen some some of your entertainment choices are somewhat suspect, sir. What do you ever mean? Whatever would you mean by that? Very suspect. He lives. Very suspect. Tom, you okay over there? Yeah, all those comic books are pretty much just fancy toilet paper. They pretty much all suck, in my opinion. That's why you get them digitally. Yeah, they're 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 all bad. But they're not. Yeah, they are. They're terrible. So what what don't you like? Well, I guess first question is: Is this again one of those medium things where because of the medium you feel like they can't do a good story? Or no, they're just they're just pandering to super nerds. That's what I feel. It's all these same old characters. Uh, it's the only one I kind of was interested in was Poe Dameron because it made more, it explained more what was happening and maybe the Shattered Empire because it was post Endor, you know, all this stuff in between, I don't really give a shit about regardless of the character, even Vader for that fact. Why? Cause I mean, for me, it's all of our old legend stuff. None of it matters anymore. So I, I, I definitely do enjoy the stuff that's being set in the interim. It, it I'll, I'll tell you this much. It was really weird starting to read these. And it's just like, I, I don't know how this fits in with anything else. But then the answer is, it doesn't. And it doesn't have to. Because none of that stuff matters anymore. It just feels uh, unnecessary. Well, here, here's the thing for me. I, I probably felt the same way you feel when they first announced Legends was now Legends and not canon. But... In my mind, because there's one story group controlling all of the canon, all of it matters now. You know, like they're not telling us random stories just because they're gonna tie it into the current movies and the the Rogue One movie and you know, everything that they're doing is all gonna tie in now. And it might not be huge tie-ins; it might just be passing tie-ins. But the idea that there's gonna be one distinct canon universe. Not to mention the storytelling isn't bad. It's an easy easy sell for me. 
I absolutely don't care if it's all tied in in one story. It's uh, I don't want to know what happened in between uh, New Hope and Empire with Vader or you know whatever. I mean, I'm just I'm good. Uh, there's no story you can tell that's going to be better than uh, those three movies. Uh, and I, I, I'm at the point now like it's that time period. I just I don't care. I don't care really who, what or who it's about. I'm probably not going to read it. Yeah, I read a lot of these, and you know, it it's just especially like the Vader down started off good because it was about Vader and his people. But even then, he had Luke in there at the beginning, and uh, really, I, I liked them having their first interaction in the film, and you know, all their interactions in the film as opposed to, oh yeah, these guys would run into each other all the time or be on the same system doing things all the time. It just kind of was like, seems kind of necessary. It just, it all smelled of cash grab to me. Uh, you know, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't smell of cash grab to me, but I'll say this much. I think something I would have preferred is if they did some more things closer to the Lando series. You know, if they really focused a lot more on either minor characters and and you know reflesh out that time period, and I I hope that's something that they're going to do, um, because how long have we even had the new canon at this point? Like two, three years max. Has it has it really been that long since Aftermath came out? No, Aftermath came out last year, but the new canon started before that. New canon, the first book in the new canon was Tarkin. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that was planned for Legends, but they tweaked it to make it new canon. Yeah, and it's like, too, like, out of all of this stuff, there's really not one new character that's come out and been really strong. You know, there's been a lot of new characters, but none of them out of the books and the comic books that's been like, oh, wow, can't wait to see this new character in a the movie. They're all kind of bland and... I don't know, I just, I can't identify with, or get into any of these comics. They're just not, in my opinion, not good. I, I liked the the fake Han Solo light, wife, but that the character just died off. Not actually died, but like... Yeah, they stopped giving her, like, understandable yeah. things to do. It was kind of weird. It was weird. Um, I liked Sergeant Creel, who was the... Uh, Imperial agent at the Hut's place that was kind of training Luke how to use a lightsaber, which I thought was interesting. Like, why why are you so seeped in Jedi lore, but you're an Imperial agent? And apparently, I think we're supposed to get more of him. So that could be really interesting um, if they follow him and see, like, give us a little bit more story behind that. And then... Well, I think another thing to note on that is that it's also looking more and more like that you know, and this might be something else that Tom really hates, but lightsabers, at the very least in in the comic series, seem to be less rare than we once thought they were. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I think that there's no fewer than, I think there were six characters in, in between, uh, you know, A New Hope and Empire that are all wielding lightsabers on a regular basis. Not to mention, like, Chewie using two, Han using one, and Leia using one. Well, that's that, that's a lot of aesthetic things. That's not like the main reason. It's like with the Force Awakens when 
Han Solo goes to the shields. It's not a, uh, uh, that's not, not really, that doesn't make the movie a bad movie. It's just like a little aesthetic thing. You go, okay, whatever, and move on from. No, there's, there's major problem. Like, it, it feels like old legends where all these characters are always in every situation. You know what I mean? Like, they're oversaturated. Uh, it felt like more in the legends universe, they would really, especially during this time frame, you would get to see more uh, independent new characters having their own adventures as opposed to always being linked to the uh, Skywalker twins and or Han Solo and uh, one of his goons in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, they're just, hey, we got a Lando series. Hey, we got a, you know, Chewie series. We got a Luke series, kind of. We got a Vader series. You know, all these, you know, uh, the only thing that they're diverging off of is uh, with Kanan, but that's based off of a TV show. There's really no just pure narrative character that's uh, pulling it on their own. Yeah, I think I think that's really true. And I think, again, you know, it's that idea of big universe versus little universe and it seems and that's one of the things with the expand with the new expanded universe it seems it's so like, small yeah it's not really expanding you know very yeah. far like they're the only character so far that i've met that that is brand new that i actually care about a little bit is dr afra i'm certain that she's going to end in a bad way but you know i you know, I find her character oh, yeah, interesting. She, she is she is gonna go toast. But that's across one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten comic lines. And I've named one character that's brand new that I really found interesting. Yeah, and that character, none of them have their own comic line. It's all somebody you know. You know, there's new characters, but there's no you know, we used to have Connor Jack's comics and fucking uh Assholes you didn't see in the movies, you know what I mean? Like, we had Dash Rendar comics and no stories, and, you know, there are all these other minor stupid characters that expanded the universe for good or bad, mostly for bad if they were written by Kevin J. Anderson, but you got something <laughs> new, and, you know, with this, you didn't really get anything new, you know? It was just kind of the same old shit. It's like, yeah, this is great, you know? Uh, it, it gets so, conf you know, confused in my older mind where... I'm, I still remember the adventures these characters went in on in this time frame, and some of them I liked more as opposed to the new ones, which are more of the same, if not weaker, than the old. So it's like, that's why you kind of got to move on to the uh, new stuff, because you're competing with the old, uh, at least we know, yeah, okay, one's canon, one's legends, but, the, you know, some of those stories were stronger than some of these, and uh, some of them, these ones, you know, are better than the legends, but let's do something new because i've seen this so much you know before it's like why do i want to go and rehash this shit if they want to do a couple comic book runs with these characters fine but time to wrap it in the bud and move on to something else yeah i hear i hear that i i think i think right now it's very much reintroducing people to to disney and marvel's new vision for what star wars is because you know i was actually looking back and so james if tarkin is the latest novel we are less than a year and a half into the new canon. That sounds about right. Yeah, because Tarkin came out in November of 2014. It's currently April of 2016, so we haven't even had two years worth of stuff come out yet. And 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 just because of that, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why I give them kind of a pass on on choosing to do all the old characters. If they only do the old characters. I will have a major problem with that because at some point, you know, they need to move on from them. But originally, all of the expanded universe, when it was first being developed, 
was all about the uh, was all about the characters that were in the films as well. You know, it took time for them to get to that point where we were getting Connor Jack's comics, where we were getting, you know, Wedge and Tilly's comics, where we were getting, you know, the Rogue Squadron series of comics, which is fantastic, by the way. And one of the reasons why I think, similar to you, Tom, I'm a little bit less enthused on the Poe Dameron one. I'm really interested to see what they do. I'm really interested to see the First Order and the Resistance fleshed out. But... I miss those Rogue Squadron ones because those Rogue Squadron novels were excellent. Oh, <laughs> they were comics, totally rather, awesome. Comics. The Rogue Squadron comics were even excellent. Yeah, that. Whatever. Toilet paper. I say it's all toilet paper. They're trying to make their money back. I, it's more of just a business thing. Hey, they bought this thing. What's going to sell? Shit with you know uh, names on it that people already know oh they know Han Solo they know Leia so let's fucking flood the market with that okay, shit get no, these mouth breathers no, 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 to no. buy it and then uh, then we can do whatever later on I, I don't buy that because we are the we are the that's what J.J. Abrams said about the new movies <laughs> he just said that in an article where he's like yeah we wanted people to remember Star Wars and then you know with episodes 8 and 9 you can you can get into the weird stuff so, I mean, that's their game plan for their billion-dollar movie franchise. That's what they're doing with these, you know, low-budget comics that, you know. So, don't tell me it's it's that's not the case. But that's fine. I'm okay with that. No, it's not. It's retarded. It, no, it's, it's not. It's, like, condescending. It's condescending to, to the fans out there. Uh, you know, it's just them trying to make cash, and then, yeah, maybe we'll but get some... But it's not trying to make cash. It's absolutely... Yeah, it is. No, that's... it's not. Yeah, they're, they're, they're cloaking they... it in this whole... Uh, Oh, it's to help you remember Star Wars. You know, the the true fans out there never forgot. In fact, they're very passionate. It's it's totally condescending. They're just trying to make money, and they're saying that to uh, cover up that fact. Well, isn't no, it to they... bring in new fans that are, you know, under exactly. the age of, like, 25? Well, those new fans can go watch the old goddamn movies, you know? They're not, like, relics that are uh, few and far between. They're well, hundreds no. of thousands of copies everywhere. Yeah, but let's say that, you know, again, you're, you know, we had this discussion before. Let's say you're a new fan. Let's say that, you know, you're 16, 17, and you saw the new Star Wars movie, you saw the old Star Wars movies, and now you're looking for more. You know, there, what, are, what are, are, you, are you, you asking me to like thing? drag through like the giant dark horse backlog library, even though those aren't going to be relevant anymore? No, you can go watch a movie that's pretty much the same as a movie that's already been yeah, made but, in but, this series. But, um, I'm saying they've watched now all of the movies. You know, what's next? Okay. For them? What is the fiction that they're now going to involve themselves in the way that we did when we were kids? Well, they don't have any. Real, I mean, they have a bunch of new fiction, but it's pretty safe stuff, just like the fucking film they made. Yeah, but and and that's first... the thing. It's 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 an it's a new introduction to the universe. It's it's schlock though. And, I mean, and, and well, here's a problem: you aren't looking for an introduction. Frankly, neither am I. But I can still enjoy the intro. This is an intro. They, they rebooted the series. It's essentially a reboot. And it's not a reboot. It's a continuation of no, the story. No, it, but it's a continuation of the story. But it's a reboot of thirty plus years of what we've all read and grew up on doesn't exist anymore, right? So for us, yeah, it's annoying because it's like ah, uh, they're just trying to get my money. Fuck Luke Skywalker. I want a Wedge Antilles comic. I want a new character. But. For the millennial generation, the people under 25, this is their first experience. And I, I can tell you, as a 20, as a 16, 17, 18 to 25-year-old, 
I just saw Star Wars The Force Awakens, and then I was like, ooh, this is a good movie. I'm going to watch all the old movies, or I watched them all as kids. I'm not going to go out and be like, where's this random comic about uh, uh, Canner Jack's bumblefuck, new new character? I don't want to read that. I want to read Luke Skywalker. I want to read Darth Vader. You, it, it, We're living in times right now that we have to deal with seeing the old characters in order to get to the new characters because i'll be quite frank if nobody buys the shit they put out because they only pander to us and not the new generation then we're not going to get anything well no you don't it's need to pander sell all. anyway <laughs> yeah are you, are you fucking kidding me it's gonna fucking sell uh so yeah no that's complete bullshit <laughs> it's gonna I, sell I don't and think, it has I don't think it's complete bullshit but i mean it's it's it, going to sell because it's Star Wars, but there's no yeah. guarantees in business, right? So they, they can't just bank on it. it. It's because they they need a new introduction because with, with a new series coming out, they need a new way to bring people into the fold. And the thing is, is that if, if you th- immediately start throwing people into the deep end, you know, you, you wind up having issues there. But, and that's one thing that I do give them a lot of credit for for the Star Wars novels that are coming out, because the Star Wars novels have not dealt at all to my you know recollection and knowledge, with the exception of you know Rebels and New Dawn, with characters that were heavily in the movies. Yeah, nope. but you got one of those that's you know for young adults, and then one of them was written in some weird first person narrative that's almost unreadable, or it sounds like it was written by an eighth grader. You know that just shows that. Eh, put our effort in here into the old stuff the stuff we know that sells because you know this universe it's a hard concept to grasp i mean it's so complex and you know depthful that they need to they need to wean us into it you know we can't just go jumping into a new character that's not in the movie in a comic book what are you crazy people aren't going to know what what this is without unless we have x-wings in every goddamn issue because people are idiots you know i i think you're wrong but you know at the same time i can see where you're coming from uh, but one thing that I am just going to bring up, just because um, just because I know you forgot about it, the Battlefront novel is a good novel as well. And that's really the one where, you know, kind of tipped it for me. Because when, What theme, era does it take place in? What era does it take place in? Uh, it takes place in the old one. There you go. Civil War era. Who cares? It's they're just uh, apparently shit. we do since we do a podcast about this. Yeah, I mean that's what that's why I care. It's like it's just the same old shit. Like it's that's why I can't get excited for it. It's just the same old garbage. Okay, so if you're the story group, right, and I'm I'm in charge of the story group, and I'm planning out the next ten years of Star Wars releases, do I want to talk about all the shit that I might flesh out in episodes eight and nine and standalone movies in books and comics now, or do I want to wait until I do those movies and then flesh it out with books and comics? And they we- have a thirty year gap that they can go into, and they've barely scratched the surface on. 30 years and we're starting to get we're going to be getting two novels this year that deal in that gap only well those are the ones i'm gonna buy i'm not gonna go buy all this old schlock that came out first you know to be honest i think that's fair enough you know just because you know i i feel like you know you can make that choice and i think that that's a legitimate choice to make where yeah if you you want to go read the stuff go read it spend your money i'm not (laughs) it's kind of like you know for for you tom you've you know 
the old stories that you enjoyed and and you want to hold on to those um for me i actually probably out of the three of us i probably am the least connected to the old to the old legends universe uh just because i didn't have that many almost all of the stuff that i read uh focused around like you know the young jedi knights the obi-wan jedi academy thing um you know, the Rogue Squadron series, a couple of the other random like Han Solo and Lando novels. But that was that was like primarily my my introduction to, to Star Wars. But you guys who who have this, you know, much greater attachment to the old stories, you know, I think it's fine to say that, you know what, I'm gonna keep on to these. I'm not gonna worry about anything else that happened in there. If it comes up in the films, then you know, I'm not gonna get upset about it. If, if I don't get it, but, you know, I'm just not going to worry about it. What I'm going to worry about is the new stuff that's coming out. What happened in that 30-year gap? Yeah, well, it's the same thing. How would you, you know, it's like with the book series Dune. If they kept going back to Muad'Dib's uh, rise to becoming God Emperor over and over again and kept rewriting shit in that timeline or filling in every complete second of what was going on during that time frame throughout the galaxy, it'd be kind of gross. They don't do that. Same thing with the Lord of the Rings. If they keep going back and just talking about the War of the Ring the entire time or this this period, I, I just want them to get out of this time period. It's, you know, Rogue One for me is the final straw. It's like, look, I don't, after that, it's something I haven't seen before or really gone into or that was, you know, was, was kind of weak in the Legends universe. It's fine. Let's go into that. It's, it's, it's something new and different. Uh, to an extent, so that's that's fine. But after that, let's let's move on here. What's mildly amusing to me is I was not a fan of anything set during the Galactic Civil War in the Legends universe. Whenever there was something set during the Galactic Civil War pre-Return of the Jedi, I was like, meh, I don't really care. I want post-Return of the Jedi. Now, I'm eating this shit up. This, this is good stuff, and it reintroduced me to the characters I know and love. It gave them new t- storylines. I'm digging it. I agree wholeheartedly. It's not like Disney's broke. They could spend a little bit more money and have more stuff going on during the 30-year gap at the same time. You know, there's nothing that can stop there's nothing stopping them from doing that. But I'm okay as long as they get to it soon. I, I'm okay taking the current timeline at the same time or before because it's good stories. I mean, I wasn't going to buy any of these comics, and then I got one for free, uh, two or three for free for pre-ordering the Blu-ray for Force Awakens. I read the first Vader comic. I was like, I'm sold. I want to read them all. That is very much your personality, though, Jane. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. But no, yeah, I think I, I will say this much, though. So far, my two favorite comics ha- have definitely been Kanan and and the Vader series. The Vader series because I feel like even in the old legends, at least with what I read, I never got a good look at Vader like this before. But on the other hand, you know, the one I'm probably most excited about is probably Bo Dameron for the very reasons that Thomas mentioned. You know, in, in some way, shape, or form... Because I know what happens in episodes 4, 5, and 6, I sort of know where everything has to be in order for for the film to work. So yeah, it's neat to, for me to see that stuff, but I need it a lot less than I need 
help filling in that gap. And so I'm really hoping that... Because, and also, James, Aftermath happens pretty much concurrently and immediately after Endor, right? Yeah. Uh, concurrently, it's around the time... What, what I mean to say is, it feels like Aftermath is... Same time period that Stars takes place. Yeah, Lost Stars starts, like, at Yavin? <laughs> Yavin, but I'm saying it's a... The Aftermath novel takes place during that very back end of Lost Stars. Like, the time period be after Endor, before the Battle of Jakku. Gotcha. Okay. Because I think then, for me, that's going to be another interesting piece with some of the new fiction that's coming out. Specifically Life Debt, and specifically Bloodlines. Because it almost feels to me like what they're doing with these novels is sort of a at least with bloodlines now is they're sort of now bookending things where you now have the story being told in two different directions where we have poe dameron which is you know his comic series is probably going to take us right up to lor santeca's house and yeah. then we've yep. got uh bloodlines which is taking place like I think something like two years before uh, The Force Awakens. I think it was six. Maybe six. We'll see. Um, and then on the other hand, you have Aftermath, uh, Lost Stars, and Aftermath Life Dead moving in from the other direction, like slowly closing that gap as they build towards one another. And I think that that's, that, I think that that's kind of a neat way to do it as well, just to really help kind of develop what the uh what the story is going to be and to help give you clues as to okay so for this thing to have happened in bloodlines what what's coming before it well and the other main reason they're doing that as well is because of jj and his mystery box and we can't fill this area with books yet because we can't reveal the big reveal in episode eight and nine about who certain people's lineage is and what happened because Empire Strikes Back had a moment of, oh, you know, they had that getchy moment where I am your father. So we got to have that, right? Because otherwise we're not a Star Wars trilogy. So they got to do that. So that's why they can't go in filling up that whole area or era with uh, what people were doing and why and who they were procreating with and who they weren't and all that. Because otherwise you could flood the market with stuff from that time period. You really could. But they're just going to delay it until these movies come out. That's why even the stuff in the 30-year gap, it isn't going to reveal any of that probably until episode 8 comes out. Then we'll then we'll see that just of oh, that whole area get flushed out. Yeah, But I'm okay with that. That is silly. <laughs> well, so, I mean, you would prefer to, to read who's Ray... Ray's parents are before you actually get to see it in a film. I would, I would rather ha not have the mystery of who her parents are. I'd rather have a good story instead of just uh, the omission of a truth is a good story. I would like good stories that don't necessarily tell you who the parents are, or don't tell us who Snoke is, but start hinting at it. Um, so they already did that in Aftermath. There's a fleet admiral that's mysterious that everyone assumed was dead. That could wind up being Snoke. Um, so they're, they're starring the hinting at that. Not with Ray's parents, but who knows? Maybe they, maybe we're going to get some hints of that in the coming books. 
So I'm okay with hinting at it without telling us it until episode eight. I just don't want them to fully sidestep it. They're like, nope, we're not touching it. For me, I think the the one thing for me is I I feel like I don't care as much whose raised parents are as you guys seem to. Like it didn't matter over much to me. I was curious, but I I definitely I don't know. I don't have the burning desire. I have a burning desire as a Star Wars fan. I don't have a burning desire as like, you know, having seen The Force Awakens. I you know, it's kind of like she was abandoned. Okay, I'm done with 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 that lineage piece. I don't need to super know. I think the thing that the the only reason why I sort of care a little bit is because it felt like they made such a big deal out of it and then never like took steps to actually give you a clue. And that no. that bothered <laughs> me. No, they didn't yeah. they didn't do that. They point yeah, blank they, did. they point blank did it. Like it was like, who's the girl? I mean, as soon as yeah. Maskana said that and hands offering her a job with them right away, it was like, All right, who is she? They all kind of have an idea who she is. Well, okay, so let let me ask this. What if they had taken out like some of the other statements about it? You know, let's say that we knew who who Ray's parents were. And let's say that they were some randos. Like, just absolute random people. Would that have made the film weaker? I don't think so. But uh, Tom will probably say that, you know, well, that film was shit anyway, and so... No, I think it would make it weaker. David, you are truly a Jedi, because, yeah, you read my mind. (laughs) I think it would have made it weaker, because without the mystery of who her parents are, and what her lineage is, and it's just some random parents, and she has all that force power, that untrained potential... That would have seemed a little bit more far-fetched. But the idea that she has this mysterious background, who knows who her parents are, maybe she's Luke's daughter, maybe the Force has decided to bring balance again and she's another virgin birth, who the hell knows? But because there's that mystery, it makes it interesting. If they do that virgin birth thing, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) Going to change this into a Star Trek podcast real quick. (laughs) So, dilithium crystals, are you for or against? Yeah, that's Star... We could talk forever about next-gen Voyager and all the other stuff. We'll just talk about that. I'd rather talk about Enterprise. Captain Just the Cisco? show Enterprise. Yeah, Cisco fucking slapping people. Oh, man. Fuck, uh... If that happens, yeah, this is gonna switch over to Star Trek real fucking quick. <laughs> I guess I'll be doing a solo Star Wars podcast. You have fun with that. <laughs> so actually, you know, since it, it, we can go over the news really quickly since we promised at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, we did promise that. All right. Okay. I can go over the news really quickly. <laughs> go right in. Like in two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Uh, the Royals went to the Pinewood Studios. Who cares? Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> whoa. Uh, whoa. What else whoa, we got? Whoa. Yeah, whoa. fuck them. Well, here, w- uh, monarchies are stupid. <laughs> the one cool thing about it, though, no. was definitely that you know the you know out of all the neat photos that came out of that, the big one was that you know the A wings coming back to the big screen. So that's that's always fun. Yeah, Prince Harry sat in a full scale model, so there's an A wing yeah. coming back. Yeah, there's like uh, unless they just built a full wing model because someone heard that it was Prince Harry's favorite, which would be absolutely insane. 
you know. But not unlike the Brits to do. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I have a feeling if they built it, even if they weren't planning on it, it's going to be in there somewhere. Even if it's in a junkyard. And apologies to all of our U- UK listeners. Tom is a bit uh, under the weather this evening. No, he knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> this bourbon has heightened my senses. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. Um, I guess the, the next piece is J.J. Uh, Abrams on whether or not we might see more of the deleted scenes because uh, he said in a interview with Collider that he had something like 12 to 20 minutes worth of deleted scenes, but on the Blu-rays that, that went out, uh, only four minutes of those deleted scenes were on. Uh, he hinted at um, in the interview that it was going to be, you know, if, if anything, it was going to wind up being released online. But you know, one of the one of the other neat, you know, little pieces of speculation was Simon Pegg was also in the interview, and he said that a lot of the extra deleted scenes actually involved Uncar Plutt, which was the character he played, and apparently one of them may have been shot in Maz Kanata's castle. In which case, we very well may see Chewbacca get to rip someone's arms off. That would be cool. You know what's interesting? They, even though they filmed it and was part of the marketing, we still haven't, and a toy, we still haven't seen that Zuvo character. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I feel like they, that that character was apparently supposed to be a bigger deal, but it wasn't a big deal in the novel. Which is where, like, they flesh out some other characters a bit more. Um, and yeah, you know, I haven't seen anything about him in any of the other material. I don't know, must have been a red herring. Yeah, it seems like that. Don't worry, the 30-minute extra DVD bonus content DVD that is five discs will be out just in time for the Rogue One theater release, and it will be $40. Don't worry, James. No, don't worry, Tom. James will pick it up for us. I know. <laughs> I think I think it'll be a. Uh, they're waiting. I, I know he said no in the interview, but I'm sure they're waiting for after episode nine's to be released. Oh, look at all this new footage! Oh, and do like an extended cut style thing, the way Lord of the Rings did. Yeah, like a three disc special that's got a three a three movie thing that's got all extended shit, and that's what they do nowadays. It, it sucks, but that's what they do. Yeah, they do that for everything. But I don't know, they didn't do that with Harry Potter. I'm not going to fault them that for that. Yeah, might be well, a little bit different. They kind of said that we're going to have the deleted scenes on this one, and it was a joke. It was like four minutes in total. Yeah, but I think, though, you know, we'll we'll really have to see what they wind up doing. I, I, I think I will actually be upset if they do do anything aside from what JJ thought he was going to wind up doing, which was uh, putting them online. Now, if they're online, that's fine for whatever reason i don't understand why you wouldn't want to put that in the dvd as well but whatever if it's online for free i'll be i'll be shocked you'll be able to hear my jaw drop it might cause a fucking earthquake it's gonna hit the ground so hard and i can't blame jj for any of this this is decisions that are well outside his control sure sure yeah and there are lizard aliens really in control of the world's government i mean they're not that's what they want you to believe. So yeah, other news we got here. Um, Oscar Isaac was quoted as saying that the film is being made, episode 8 is being filmed and produced like an independent film. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I'm kind of mixed on this. 
Um, and the primary reason why I'm sort of mixed is for two reasons. On the one hand, you know, indie films, because they typically deal with lower budgets, you know, you wind up really having to to refine the craft and really know and understanding, get deep into the characters and really have strong inter-character play in order to to develop the scene and in order to develop the movie. And I don't know if like I'm I'm glad for that that focus on the characters to really develop those characters, but at the same time that gives me two kind of concerns. One is, you know, if it's being made like an indie film, you know, this is a major blockbuster movie with a lot of resources behind it. And so I really hope that they're wisely using, you know, special effects and, and you know, some of the stories and not just, you know, not and, and using them effectively. And I guess that's one thing that, you know, maybe an indie film can do it. Maybe an indie film can't. So that's one reason why that comparison worries me a little bit. The other was actually something that I was thinking about as I was, you know, reading it for the third or fourth time, which was, you know, wasn't, you know, that kind of primary character focus, something that we didn't super like about episode seven, where we didn't really have context for like greater outside galactic uh, context for what was happening. And, and that's, you know, one other thing that I'm a little bit worried of, but at the same time, I've got faith that they're going to do it right. I got faith that they're going to to move in. They're going to have a very strong character-driven story, but give us deliver us that context that we want and give me some sweet sweet space battle action. Yeah, the uh, I've never heard an actor talk bad about a performance or uh, filming a project while they've been on set filming. That's kind of like never happened ever. Uh, so I mean, this is like a puff piece. It doesn't really matter. You know, but Oscar Isaac's not going to come out and say, oh, production's terrible, it's shit. No, he's going to be like, it's great. You know, it's like an independent film. We're getting really into the characters, and it's, you know, really intense and great and really rewarding experience for me. Of course they're going to say that shit. Yeah, but I mean, say I don't think they're usually going to say it's like an independent film. That That's speaking on a different volume than just like, oh, yeah, great stuff. Like, that's giving us a hint of the type of movie production we might see well i mean ryan johnson was an independent filmmaker for a while uh, and he runs a you know he's a smart guy so he's running it more probably you know character oriented more input from them and more uh, or a, a smaller crew you know he's not into that so uh it's i have complete faith that everything's okay it's you know the guy gets interviewed 30 times a day he gets runs out of things to say about it or he's restricted in what he can say so he's going to say something like this just to possibly entertain himself for the time being you know i do have a quick question specifically on oscar isaac right now do you think he's still getting more questions about him as poe dameron or him as apocalypse poe dameron Probably Poe, because that's the bigger franchise, and you can tell it's Poe. You know, a lot of people can't tell that that's him in uh, under all that apocalypse makeup. That's very true, and and I agree with you too. I just find it a little bit weird that it's just like, yeah, this movie that came out five months ago is you know in one spot, but this movie that's coming out soon that has you know this massive franchise as well, because the X Men's a really big franchise, not Star Wars big, but it's still oh, real yeah. big. And it's like, 
nothing. <laughs> I mean, this quote is from an interview he was giving during X-Men Apocalypse pressers. Oh, yeah. I, I know. So he's getting asked. So yeah, he's bored out of his mind. Like that that's gotta suck. You're sitting there getting asked the same question all day from like eight to five and people are constantly hounding you about Star Wars and instead you have to of not what you're say there for. <laughs> yeah. Instead of what you're there. So he's gonna say something and then sure enough they're gonna get a story out of him some way, shape, or form. Yep. So yeah, I you know, it's like eh, whatever. Did anyone else catch the Luke's the Mark Hamill goff? Um, when he was uh, giving a speech, I think at Oxford. Yeah, that's just him being funny, though. He he, he does is enjoy a funny doing that. guy. You got it out of me. No, that that was pretty funny. Uh, any other news? No, I think that's pretty much it in terms of important news. Tom, any parting words of wisdom? If you're looking for a good book to read, uh. While the Star Wars books come out, read the first two or the first three books in the Dune trilogy. They're excellent. Only the first three, though. Yeah, really. In the second, Kevin, Kevin J. Anderson ruined that goddamn series too. Him and Frank <laughs> Herbert's son. He did. Him and Kevin J. Anderson and Frank Herbert's son made that shit. Oh my god. But yeah, read the first three. Uh, Frank Herbert, oh man, great writer. Read, <laughs> Read the ones that Frank Herbert wrote. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week on the Coruscant Pulse. Next week, we'll hopefully have an actual play. Wink, wink, nod, nod, Dave. <clears throat> we will see. We will see.